Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we dive into three more shows for series survival and play trivia. We also check out the letter G and discover that mermaids like to strip. It's time for Categorized. So we took a couple weeks off of Categorize. This is the segment where we pick a specific thing or category and we list five of our favorites. Uh, and then we pick one of our favorites to be the, the most bestest thing. Right. And so right now we're working with the letter G and the best G movies. Yeah. We're kind of working our way through the alphabet. And uh, yeah, so G is where we're at. Last time we did F. Before that, we did E. We did D before that. You kind of get where we're going I with think this. You, I think they get it. They get it. They're smart people. <laughs> so, uh, I usually go first on these things, don't I? Yeah, why don't you go first? All right, I'll go first. Um, the first one on my list is Ghostbusters. I thought that might be on your list. No surprise. Ghostbusters is like the classic G movie. G by like G in the letter in the name, not G as in G rated. Because I don't think you want to show small children this film. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad for small children. There's swearing and violent ghosts. I think that sounds like perfectly safe content. Yes, three-year-olds everywhere should watch this movie. Maybe like seven-year-olds. <laughs> but Ghostbusters is one of those quintessential films that I I just, I can't get over how much I love it. Like, we saw it in the park. We did. The first time I ever watched Ghostbusters, we went to one of those summertime outdoor theater shows at the park. I brought my dog. I brought Blake. It was so much fun. And it is a solid, solid movie. I'm glad it's on your list. Of course. It's not on yours, though. It's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> on my list, I've got The Graduate. Did I've never seen The Graduate. Oh, ever. Really? Ever. Oh, we got to watch The Graduate. Okay. It's in my list of, like, once you see it, you'll probably love it movies. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't watched it yet. It's been a while since I've seen it. Oh. However... I fondly, fondly remember it. So I'm not going to give, like, a big breakdown of what it is. But, I mean, let's be honest. It is a classic movie. Everybody has heard of it. That scene from the very end, I mean, I'm going to kind of spoil it for you. But I feel like that's okay at this point. Because, well, the movie's been out since, I think, the 70s. Spoilers! <laughs> so... You've seen this scene in every romantic movie. You've seen you've it seen in it cartoons. You've seen it spoofed in Wayne's World too. Yeah, you see it everywhere. It's that classic scene where he goes up and he starts banging on the glass and he's screaming her name and she's in the middle. She's about to get married and he pulls her away and they run away together and it's true love. Or is it? Well, that's the beauty of The Graduate. <laughs> also... To check myself, it is 1967, so it's a 60s movie. And, of course, I mean, I think this is one of the best performances that Dustin Hoffman has ever given. Wow, and that's saying a lot because Dustin Hoffman has given some tremendous performances. Uh, I just rewatched um, Wag the Dog. He's amazing in Wag the Dog. I just rewatched. Uh, well, I watched Hook. Hook's not a great movie, but Dustin Hoffman sure is like the best part of Hook. I don't know what you're talking about because Hook is a fantastic movie. There's a reason why everyone that is big in Hollywood at that time is in it 
because it's so good. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe this is a take two for we another time. We gotta do a take two. Listen, we're just, you know, we're making miracles happen here. We're like basically <laughs> writing shows while we're doing this. Uh, What's your next one? Get Shorty. I've seen it, but it's been so long I couldn't remember it. So when I saw it, I was like, I, re- I kind of remember it. Okay, tell me why Get Shorty is one of my favorite movies ever because of John Travolta as Chili Palmer. Chili Palmer is this no-nonsense mobster type who co- who collects debt for mobsters. And he comes to Hollywood in search of a guy who skipped out on some debt. But then he like, decides he likes it there and wants to become a part of the movie business. And everyone's like, no, you can't just do that. He's like, watch me. And like, you, you know, I don't screw around. If I want Martin Weir in my movie, I go over and I get Martin Weir. I don't screw around with these contracts and things. It's just... It's so funny, but also, like, don't mess with Chili Palmer. He's, like, <laughs> one of the coolest guys in all of cinema, as far as I'm concerned. I I watched this a lot when I found out that Becky didn't like it. I, like, almost broke up with her. Like, yeah, this is, right. I didn't almost break up. That's, that would be lunacy. That would be lunacy. But I But I you were disappointed. Shocked. You were like, who... Who did I choose to spend my life with? <laughs> well, you know, she also hasn't seen Star Wars. But that's that's here, neither here or there. Get Shorty is definitely one of uh, my favorite movies. I, I really just, I love sitting down. It's an easy watch. It's, it's great. I love it. All right. Next on my list, you're not going to be shocked at all, Grindhouse. Well, the whole thing? The whole thing. It was really- interesting that you say that because most people would dissect it between like Death Proof and Planet Terror and they would like separate it in that kind of way where, no, no, this is just Planet Terror. I'm going to sit down and just watch Planet Terror. Well, they did eventually release just Planet Terror and just Death Proof, I believe it is. Yeah, I think that's how I watched it. Like I never watched it as Grindhouse. I saw it in a theater. It was Grindhouse and it's meant to be together. I I think that people pulled it apart because they could make more money that way. Sure. And because they're two very different movies. But that's this as a creative venture was a collaboration that was meant to be one thing because classic Grindhouse cinemas always had double features. And so when you went into the movie theater, First of all, they kind of made it look like you were in an older movie theater in the previews and the things like that, like the way that they presented the oh, grindhouse. Oh, because the movie trailers. I don't remember. I mean, I think there must have been. Because I know like, Edgar Wright did a trailer for Grindhouse. For Grindhouse. I yeah. think they did the whole thing. It's been a little while since I've seen it all together. And I saw it in theaters and I was just blown away. But they go in. There's definitely graphics that say this is a double feature. It starts with Planet Terror and then it goes to Death Proof. And both movies were different. And yet they there was something that really put them together. The genre was done so much justice. And I think that both films elevated the genre to a whole new place. And... For that alone, I I consider it only one movie. It's meant to be one movie. It's meant to be watched together. I think splitting them apart is money grab. Maybe. I don't know. That's my thoughts. And uh, I love that movie. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's awesome. I like. I respect that you have it together because also other people other people don't want to spend that kind of time watching like because it would be about four hours. No, the it's whole not. Thing. No, no, no. It's shorter. It's like three. 
Yeah, probably maybe even two and a half. I think they were shorter. Fil- they're shorter wow, movies. Okay, so maybe because I never saw it that way, maybe they fleshed out these movies when they came out on DVD. My next movie is Goodfellas. Yes, good movie. I mean, Goodfellas is that classic mobster movie, right? It's Scorsese. We have uh, Henry Hill as a young guy who just wants to grow up and become a gangster, and he sure does. And I, I think it's. It may not be my favorite Scorsese movie, but I definitely think it's maybe his best. Okay. I think, you know, when people think of Scorsese, they think Goodfellas, and then they think of, like, The Departed and uh, the other films that he's done. What's your favorite? My favorite probably is The Aviator or Hugo, because I like lighter fare, right? Right. And I, I definitely think that The Aviator is one of his underrated um, but Goodfellas is so watchable. It's like endlessly watchable. You can put it on at any time. You got Joe Pesci losing his mind. Uh, you know, am I here to make you amuse you? Am I here to make you laugh? I, I've seen that movie so many times because it's, it's again, one of those that gets on television. You cannot turn away. You no, know, like, you, All right. you have to watch it. Yeah. Um, so just for that reason alone, Goodfellas is definitely in my top five G movies. My next one, you're not going to be surprised. I'd, I'd be shocked if it's not on yours. Goodwill Hunting. It's not on mine. Wow. I'm not shocked. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't put Goodwill Hunting on. I, I like Goodwill Hunting. Don't get me wrong. But I think I liked it more when I was younger than I do now. In, I had the opposite. I like it more now than when I was younger. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about the story, but it's grown on me. I think maybe it needed a few views for me to really like fall in love with these characters. And again, it has inspired so many nods and scenes and so many other films. Definitely. It it deserves that caliber too. Absolutely. You know, Robin Williams and Matt Damon are acting the shit out of that film. Yeah, just they're doing amazing. And the fact that it was written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and like, I just think that it's great. It's personal. It's real. It's a story that uh, for whatever, in whatever way they could relate to, but then they elevated it. You know what? You even talking about it reminds me of the ending, which I, I love that ending. Such a good ending. I love Ben Affleck going to the door. And he's not there. I love that scene. It's so bittersweet. Oh, it's a happy ending, but it's also filled with all this sadness. Like the nuance of ending a film that way, you don't see that very often. That's a really good pick. I may have to rewatch it again. Like I've I've seen it a number of times, and I I think what weighs on me is the Southie accent over time. Like I've seen it maybe eight times. The eighth time hearing the Southie drawl is kind of a lot. Okay. So I think that's what takes away from it for me after a, that I stopped many noticing it. Uh, my next movie is not on your list. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. It's Galaxy Quest. I did not see that coming, but Galaxy Quest I have watched four times this year. This year. This year. This year. <laughs> wow. I I got it on sale last year, and I haven't been able to stop watching it. I mean, you know what? I cannot disparage Galaxy Quest. It, I mean, it's written about in screenwriting books, so it cannot be a bad movie. All the things that I like about Star Trek parodied with love. You know, there are movies that do this, the Star Trek, and they 
they point out how geeky it is and you know to some people it's boring that is not galaxy quest no galaxy quest treats all of its parody with such love for the original content and i think that is exactly why this movie gets nods and gets written about because it does that parody right. Oh, and so good. And in a way that targets the audience that watched the original Star Trek. I, I haven't seen it in so long. I need to revisit it because, I mean, if you're watching it four times this year. Four times this year. Okay. So my next movie, Gross Point Blank. Oh, man. I watched that a couple weeks ago, too. That's a fun movie. I have. I, I love that movie. It's been a while since I've seen it. I thought about it. I remembered how much I loved it. I pulled up the trailer. It reminded me all the amazing things about it. And, man, I mean, what a movie. So entertaining. It is so fun to watch. John Cusack and Minnie Driver just have this chemistry together. Even though they don't look like they should match, they match on they screen. So well. So well. And especially, like, I don't see John Cusack as this, like, um, love movie kind of guy. Like, romantic comedies and stuff. I guess he is. I guess he's done a lot of them. I just don't see it. I don't know if you remember that awful movie he did, Serendipity. I love Serendipity. I do. Of course you do. I love Serendipity. I don't know why. Now I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters alone. It was the very first movie. It was. I think it was the first movie I ever saw alone in a theater. Wow. And I laughed a lot. No one wanted to see it. I really did want to see it. Nobody wanted to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I walked out, and I know I remember I bought it on DVD, and I was like, ah, but. I haven't watched it in maybe 10 years, and everybody says it's terrible. I'm sure Jeremy Piven doesn't hold up. John Cusack, here's the thing about Gross Point Blank. If you don't like John Cusack, and there are a handful of people out there in the world who don't, this film doesn't work. Hmm. I guess because I like like John John Cusack. Yes. Like, I um, I, I can't put myself in a mind frame where I'm like, I don't like John Cusack. And, and this is this is me having watched it like two weeks ago. I watched it on July 30th. Wow. You've seen it more recently than okay. me. So I watched it on July 30th and I wrote a review about it and I put it on Letterboxd. I'm at Jester J on Letterboxd if you want to come find me. The hardest part of this movie is his psychoanalytical like mind. I love it. And if it. you don't, if you're not on board with that, you're not going to like the movie. Right, right. Okay. Uh, but Minnie Driver, it's probably her best. Like, since Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, she's brilliant in that. She's amazing in. I just, the older I get, the more I appreciate and love her talents. And Jeremy Piven's in this one, too. He has, like, this small cameo who's, he's fantastic. Yeah, I saw him in the trailer again. I forgot that he was in it. I don't think I knew who jo- who he was when I first saw it, but... The balding and the, like, reunion shot. That was pretty awesome. Yep, absolutely. Uh, my last one? one. My yeah, last your one. Your last one. Saved it for last on purpose. It's The Godfather Part 2, which I have always said is better than The Godfather because now we're watching Michael. And Michael, he, he takes a dive. Like, he takes a dark turn like no other in this film. His relationship with Diane Keaton, where he is just being a complete bastard to her. Um, you know, he takes Fredo to the boat. Is the horse in this one? That's the first one. Oh, okay. That's the Godfather. Um, but I, I, I come back to the Godfather part two because you also get 
that um, the Vito storyline as De Niro, as Robert De Niro. Thank you. I don't know why Robert De Niro all of a sudden blanked in my head. <laughs> but uh, yes, as Robert De Niro as a young Vito Corleone. So you get to see his like rise to crime. It's a perfect parallel to watching Michael fall into crime. I, I just, The Godfather Part 2 is majestic filmmaking magic at its best. I love it. I come back to it, and I saw. It, I never saw it until later in life. Okay, it, it's not a movie that I saw ever when I was like young, and th- this was like two years ago. I watched it for the first time, and I keep coming back because it is such a powerful drama. I I tried to see the first Godfather, and I fell asleep in high school. The here's the thing: you probably know all about the Godfather just. Just by osmosis. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, and everybody I know talks about Godfather Part 2 over Godfather Part 1. I think that's like critically accepted as just a better film. Um, Awesome. Okay. I will have to watch that. All right. What's your last one? My last one. Do you want to guess? Okay. It wasn't on my list. No. Uh, Gattaca. No. I've been talking about it all 2017. Oh, for God's sakes, it's Get Out. It's Get Out. Um, I know I keep talking about this movie, but it's so good. I just, I love this movie. I think it's so fun to watch and it had to be on this list. I've talked about it enough. I'm not going into more detail. Fantastic. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so is Get Out your number one G movie uh, or is it another one? Honestly, I'm a little torn. What's your number one G movie? I'm going to shock the world here. I'm going with Get Shorty. Okay. I'm going with Get Shorty over Goodfellas, Ghostbusters, Godfather, and Galaxy Quest. But like (laughs) Godfather Part 2, Goodfellas, and Ghostbusters. Those are three iconic, amazing movies in cinema. And I'm going with Get Shorty, which is this little film that just fills my heart with so much joy. I know that's super controversial. How the hell could I choose it over Ghostbusters? How the hell could you choose it over Godfather Part 2? I just, I think Get Shorty is like a diamond in the rough. Just for everyone listening out there, because I'm staring at Jay right now, he's glowing. He has this big smile on his face. It's like he's just come alive. I I, I don't know why it is, guys. <laughs> it's just so damn good. And it's funny and it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful little film that I love so much by Barry Sonnenfeld. Oh, God. I, I, I'm going to stop gushing a little bit and we're going to go back to you for your favorite G. All right, I'm doing it. I'm going with Get Out. Get Out! And I'm doing it for the same reason that you picked Get Shorty. Of all of these movies, I know Goodwill Hunting is amazing. I know that The Graduate is amazing. Grindhouse, Gross Point Blank. But you know what? Get Out fills my heart with joy, which I get is a little bit twisted because it's a horror film about awful things. Awful things. But I like horror films and awful things, and I like watching them, and it's so fun. And I picked the theatrical ending, FYI. I just want to like. I love. The, state I prefer that. the theatrical ending. Myself. Me too. I prefer the theatrical ending, and that's all I'll say. I just have to add one more caveat. Just like one little, like a little, little look. I know that be cool exists. I get it. That's not get shorty. They're too. They're so completely different in films. 
I would never consider Be Cool in the same category as Get Shorty. You can't. You can't. Be Cool is garbage. Get Shorty is greatness. <laughs> really? Go back and watch it. I think you'll love it. I all right. Do all think right. You'll love it. All right. Let's just. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Time for a break. Okay. So, Jay, you sent me a text today, and I just, I, I can't ignore it, and I can't, I need to talk about it, okay? I sent you a lot of texts. I know. But the specific one at stating that you're searching for a new brand of gum, and what gum should you do? This is a tricky thing. Also, I'm aware this is the stupidest problem any man has ever had. Of all time? <gasps> I have been... I have been chewing stride gum, and now it's coming with these, like, crunchers in it. Like, these cruncher crystals. Right. One, it's becoming infinitely harder to find stride gum. Spearmint, by the way. Only you don't switch flavors. Don't! It's spearmint! Wow. I looked at eight places, could not find it. So, you know what? I said... I'm going to email the company who does this. Oh, my gosh. You emailed the company. Well, I, I want to know if it's discontinued. Okay, okay. Go on, go on. I have not heard back. Bad customer service, <laughs> Stride. Stride. So I went down a little Google rabbit hole of, like, what's the most successful gum? And it's Trident. Not surprised. They have the most advertising. So I'm like, okay, well, okay, I've tried it. Because here's the thing. I like Spearmint. Don't like mint. I like spearmint. <laughs> but what about winter, winter fresh, or winter mint, or winter? No, nah, man, those are too minty. Like the, you know how spearmint is dark green. There's yeah. the light green. Do you no. like? No, you don't like the light green. No, that is too. It's too intense with their mint. Okay, I'm talking about just spearmint. It's like the lightest of the mints, but it makes your you know it cleans your breath and it's perfect. So my problem is. Everybody I've asked, like, what kind of brand should I switch to, wants me to switch to, like, the tablet kinds that you pop out of a shell. That is too violent to get your gum out. What? No, that is too violent. You shouldn't have to, like, break it out of plastic wrap. Okay, no, it's, I'm talking it's about the so much more gentle than you imagine. Uh, then, then slowly unwrapping. Have you tried five? I have. It's too much gum. You are so picky. <laughs> I put that in my mouth and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of gum here. Also, you can, like, the distance we are apart, you would be able to smell my gum. I don't need you to smell my gum if you're, like, four feet away from me. It's too strong. So I tried extra. Disgusting. Yeah, it's not that good. And then I went, uh... Have you tried so, that no sugar one? The, like, well, they're white almost, package? They're almost all sugar-free now. No, no, I know. Or, no, it's the all-natural one. It actually has sugar instead of no sugar. So, basically, this week has been me spend, spending money on packs of gum to try and find a pack of gum that I, I'm going to switch to. I can't believe this. Um, I have tried... You're so regimented. I tried the extra. I tried the five. Um... I Trident's next on my list. I just haven't been able to find the spearmint easily enough, and that's a problem because I I need my gum. Like I like my gum. I've actually I switched to mints. Wow! I I no longer do the gum thing. Mints as my favorite, and actually I do have a brand. Although I will go if they don't have it. Excel Excel mints. They're super strong, and. I, like, don't bite them immediately, so that's a good thing. 
Somebody recommended peppermint to me, but I feel like it's too... Your grandma reached into her purse and found an old candy. Oh, a peppermint? No, like peppermint gum. Oh, no, that's a very different thing. A peppermint is a whole different thing. Try peppermint. Anyway, this is my life, guys. Is this... This is the stupidest problem for any one person to have. But if you can think of a really great gum that is readily available that comes in the stick pieces that I can unwrap instead of breaking out of a prison of plastic, please forward your suggestions. It's the get to know how weird and quirky Jay is episode. (laughs) Welcome in. It's time for him possible and her possible trivia. Let's meet our contestants. All right, this segment is not new. Jay and I ask each other five questions. We each have 45 seconds after the first question is read to answer those questions. If one of us gives an incorrect answer, we start asking again. We keep going till the timer runs out. Are you ready to answer some questions? Are you, since I'm going to give you your questions first, because ladies first, and I went first in category. Fair enough. So I think... I think you're going to do pretty well with this. Okay. I didn't make it so hard like I did last time where you got like zero. Oh my gosh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how you do. So I will start the timer after I say the first question. The first question is not multiple choice. Here we go. Who will direct the Wonder Woman sequel? I have no idea. Who created the new sci-fi TV series, The Orville? The guy who created Family Guy. What's his name? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to it. What is Will Wheaton's character name in Star Trek Next Generation? Wesley Crusher. Buffy's little sister is really a ball of energy referred to as what? I'm having so many brain farts. The lo- No, we just saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the- Okay, go again. In science, what particle occurring in all atomic nuclei with a positive electric charge equal proton? Oh, proton, proton, proton. You got it right. I'm going to give you a proton. <laughs> all right, Patty Jenkins, who did the first Wonder Woman, is right. going to come back and do the second. I didn't know. I knew it was a woman. I didn't know her name. Seth MacFarlane. Of course. I don't know how you blanked on Seth MacFarlane. I know, and it's like I had his face in my head, but I and, and same with Dawn. I'm like they they just couldn't stop mentioning it. The key, right? The key, and yet on both of them, it was like I could see, I could visually see what the answer was, but I had no access. So I'm glad you got proton. I knew you'd get proton. I didn't know if you get the key and Patty Patty Jenkins but I thought at least you get 3 but you only got the 2. 2. two I'm like five. sucking hard at these. All right, let's All see how right. you do. When is Canadian Thanksgiving celebrated? October. A specific date. Like specifically when? O- the second Monday in October. In 1975, an engineer created the first electronic camera while working for what company? Kodak. Bruce Willis has played a time traveler in 2012 and 1995. Name the movies. 12 Monkeys. Pass. Who is the oldest person to be elected to the office of the President of the United States? Pass. The character Tobias Funke in Arrested Development suffered from gymnophobia. To deal with this fear, he became a blank. 
fill in the blank or name the fear. A blue man. All right, Looper is the second one. Looper is the uh. second one. I'll give it to you. I'll give you that one. So you got Thanksgiving, you got Kodak, and you got Looper and 12 Monkeys. So we both got... Oh, I got three and you, you got, got two. Three. I won this yeah. one. All right. What were the other ones I missed? So the oldest person ever to be elected to the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. No one's been as old as he is wow. when they entered office. I did not know that. Isn't that fascinating? I didn't know that till today, too. And I thought, wow. That's cool. a good question. Uh, and the other one is, so gymnophobia, I didn't know what it was, but obviously... Tobias Funke is a never nude. A never nude. That's right. He never. Oh yes. And he was afraid of being naked. Naked. So, and yes. that's gymnophobia. I think that's how you're supposed to say it, unless it's gymnophobia. But you know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I am. I am free and clear of that fear. <laughs> you're naked right now. Don't tell people. He that. looked. He looked at me with like this horrible death stare. Like people are gonna think that I am naked. <laughs> <laughs> He's not naked. Or am I? <laughs> it's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. So last time we asked you to come on another Film Freaks journey with us. This time we watched the Polish musical killer mermaid movie, The Lure. It's been on a lot of 2017's best lists. And just because it's Polish, I would recommend... Screw the spoilers, listen to this segment, and then decide if you want to go on this journey. Here we go. Something you should know before we jump in is that this is a world where people seem to know that mermaids exist. There's a ton of lore that's told in the movie. So the film opens on a group drinking on a beach when two young girls' heads pop up out of the water. Super freaky, by the way. <laughs> and they begin to sing. And it's a beautiful, eerie song about how they're not going to eat them. So come, drag them out of the water. And we quickly learn that if a mermaid is dry, they grow artificial legs, and then they can move on land like you and me. But don't be fooled. They are not like us. The owner of a seemingly well-established strip club slash musical venue decides he wants to use them in his show and makes them stars. So they do it right, and they start singing and getting attention, and then they jump into this tall martini glass of water and transform into mermaids. I just want to say, there's a ton of nudity in this film. Like, mermaid boobs everywhere. And I gotta say, I feel like it was necessary. The nudity was crucial to this movie, and I don't say that lightly. So... One of the bandmates starts to get a crush on one of the mermaid's sisters, and that mermaid named Silver starts falling in love with him, which is bad. According to lore, if a mermaid falls in love with a human and that human marries someone other than her, she turns into sea foam. Looking at the ocean, it's a lot of dead mermaids. The other sister, Golden, sees the trouble in this and warns her about falling in love. They're actually supposed to be swimming to America, and they're only in Poland at this time. Also, it's a musical. People break out singing all the time, and there's dancing too. It's kind of fucking weird, and on more than one occasion had me asking, what the fuck is happening? So, we keep going with the film, and Golden begins killing people. Oh, and did we mention... Er Oh, and did we mention Mermaids Eat Humans? This is a strange Polish musical about killer mermaids. Totally. So, against all of Golden's wishes, Silver goes and falls in love with their band's guitarist. But there's a problem. Mermaids only have a vagina on their tail. In human form, they don't have one. 
So guitarist, if he wants to be with her as a human forever, he has to have sex with the tail. And he doesn't want to do that. He's always saying he only sees her as an animal, a fish. Then there's this side plot that I don't really understand about the other sister killing people and then getting it on with a police officer. And then I think she kills her too. Yep. Anyway, at this point, the family that has been taking care of them, the band, they knock them out and then throw them off of a bridge. Yeah, and then all physically fight each other, and some woman comes in, puts IVs in them or some shit, and they all come back, all the while singing. Totally, but they threw the mermaids off of a bridge into water, so they live and come back and attack the band. Except Silver, instead of attacking... She decides to get her tail replaced with legs in an open surgery. They remove the tail, attach human legs, and she has to learn to walk again. Uh, But what we learn is that when a mermaid removes their tail, they lose their voice. It's like a bloody Little Mermaid Ariel story. She's now a mute. So, when they go to have sex for the first time, it's bloody and wrong and hurts her, and the boy is repulsed. He runs to the studio where he meets this woman. A woman he then marries. So at the wedding, everyone is telling Silver to eat the groom. Wait, 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 wait. You know what? Hold on a sec. Like, it's a great ending. It it is a really good ending. So I know we said spoilers at the beginning, but I'm not going to spoil this. Yeah, we spoiled most of it. Yeah, we told you what the movie was sort of about, but it's got a great ending, and I don't want to tell you much more than that. So when we talk about the ending in the the next part of this, let's just... We'll be, like, vague. Yeah, let's just say, like... It was great or what we thought about Surprising. the Surprising. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about this. The lure. The lure. Okay, first Had of all. Have you read on what this movie was before you suggested it? No. In I fact. I had no idea. I watched the trailer for it for the first time the day before I actually watched it. Because I thought, do I feel like watching it tonight? I know it's Polish. And that's about all I knew. And that it was about mermaids. I didn't know it was Polish. I knew it was about mermaids. That's all I knew. And so I saw, I watched the trailer the day before I actually watched it just to see. And I thought, no, I'm not ready for this yet. And I was actually shocked. And I'm actually really happy we agreed to watch this before I watched the trailer. The trailer turned me off. Well, this movie, as fucked up as it is, it's really interesting. And the pro, here's the problem this movie is a psychedelic mindfuck. The fact that I was watching a musical in another language was weird enough. And I'll admit as, well, actually, I'll, we'll get to the Polish part, but as a predominantly English speaker, uh, it's hard sometimes because the words of the songs are kind of important. They're really poetic. They're not like... Very poetic. They're not the same sort of song structure that you're used to in musicals no. or in anything in North America. They're they're more like tone poems with singing and dancing. And I will say, I almost need to see it again because I was very torn between reading and watching. You know, you're watching these dances and these moves and these big orchestrated events and you're kind of like, well, this director is balls to the wall, doesn't give a shit what he's doing. He's like, I, I got a vision. I'm going to see this thing through. This is the guy's first movie. I I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. Me neither. And it's if you're a film buff, which I assume you are because you're listening to us, I feel like regardless of whether or not you want to, you should go and watch this movie. I, I agree. Like, I don't know if I'm going to see it ever again, 
like if I have that urge to go watch it again. But I like, I was enthralled. I couldn't turn it off. I was so interested in it. I actually, I did have to watch it in two viewings, but mostly because it was like 3 a.m. by the time. And I was like, nope, I have to turn it off right now. <laughs> this movie is so cool. It's so psychedelic. Don't watch the trailer because the trailer is a condensation of the visual craziness that you're about to go into and it feels like it's too much and it also cheapens the movie whereas what this director has built I mean it's paced well it's truly crazy there's a scene where they're showing you a vagina on a tail and some creepy old dude just like kind of sticks his finger in there yeah he like you watch fingering it's on weird. camera and he's he's also basically like exploiting them at that point like they're they're in this like side room you feel really bad about it the girls are consenting to everything but it just feels wrong here's what i don't like about the movie i don't know necessarily everything that happened in the movie even though i sat there going fuck this movie is nuts i still don't really understand like i don't understand the the Golden getting it on with the police officer who then puts a gun to her head and then like you find out she's dead like what was that about I don't know what that was about but I liked it because the way that they introduced the police officer was kind of cool too um and Golden has been running around murdering 100% there's these little side plots that to me don't fit or don't make any sense afterwards I kind of think the movie itself is a little bit of a poem. You're on a trip, like a sober trip while you watch this? Right, and it is, I mean, I agree with you, but we're also getting a really linear story. Like, coming to that ending, that's a very beginning, middle, and an end. Except that sometimes it goes off in tangents, and we Agreed. don't, and they thematically are important, but they're not necessarily, like, linear storyline important. And the director who is a woman named Agnieszka, she isn't afraid to go off on the tangents and not necessarily even lead back. I mean, they work theoretically like within this story structure. But, they sure do. But they don't necessarily tie up in the way that you're used to seeing in sort of Western film and television. But at the same time, you also have these gaps in time, like where you will be watching every scene closely for a little while and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, it's a couple months later, especially towards the end. So I think that even though it's linear, because she plays with her time separations and because sure. she goes off on these tangents, yep. that's where it kind of creates this whole poetry thing. Like the whole thing itself is symbolic and it's a story, but it's it's not quite in the regular way that you would see a story structured. And that's why I think it's more like a poem. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that from you because it is very poetic. The whole film seems fairly poetic. A love story, and then there's like, this is not a love story. Yeah, and, and then jealousy. Jealousy. And, and weird incestual lots stuff. Of, lots of weird things like that. The girls who were in it, and, and this all makes sense because fish don't wear clothes, right? Like, right. Like fish wouldn't wear clothes. Sure, we watched The Little Mermaid, and she always had her like little like shell, bikini top. Shell bikini. Yeah, but that's because... It it's was for Disney. children and it's Disney. <laughs> right. In reality, they would be just naked. And so these two actors, and I think for that reason, nudity is integral. If you are a mermaid who lived your whole life at sea, naked, you would be very 
cavalier. Comfortable. Very comfortable. comfortable being naked. You wouldn't think about like what the big deal is between clothes and nudity. You wouldn't have that sort of societal like you should be clothed thing. Your that vagina got going. is out all the time on your tail. Exactly. Every, and and you know, animals don't wear clothes. It worked in the story. Yeah. Like, like it really worked in the story. It really worked in the story. Yeah. So there's tons of nudity. It's it's not really a big deal no. because it's part of the story. It's necessary. They're also working in a strip club, so you know, they're gonna be naked there too. So I wrote two lines about this movie today on Letterboxd. And I'll tell you my rating afterwards. Okay. This is what I wrote. This movie is all over the place, but I kind of love that about it. It's a Polish musical about killer mermaids who want to make it in the music industry. Sort of. Yeah. Not enough to practice. (laughs) So I gave it three and a half out of five stars. What are you giving it? I give it a four. A four. A solid four. It's a solid four. I'd, I'd have, I genuinely had never seen anything like it. And for me, that, I think, weighs a little bit more heavily. Um, I, I I think there's a lot to unpack in this movie. I The effects, the tail, I mean... Tail was pretty, pretty incredible. Incredible. At no point did I think, oh, this is cheesy. I, are also, this is also not like the Little Mermaid tail that, you know, if she stood end to end, she's like five foot three. This is a long tail. Yeah, they're big fish. And and also the acting is stellar. Great actors. These two girls are unbelievable. It's a neat movie. Go go <laughs> check it out. Check it out. <laughs> Series survival. Dun, dun, dun. Series survival. It's another week of series survival, and we've got three new shows that we're gonna pit into the ring of will it make it to season two? I just want to say I love the fall. I love the fall because you get the best clothes in the fall, and I love the fall because you get new TV shows, which means series survival. I love us some serious survival. It's one of the things that we took from Friends with Elephants and we brought over here. Yep. And it's like the best. It's such a good segment. I, I love this segment. Yeah. We've got three shows. What are we starting with? We are starting with Marvel's The Inhumans. No, no, there's no the. It's just Marvel's Inhumans. Okay, Marvel's Inhumans. That's right. And I am <laughs> not going to watch this show. Wait, it's what? It's going to be the first Marvel show that I decide, nope. You're, wait, we okay. Just so everybody knows, <laughs> we generally pause recording of the episode and then we watch the trailers together and then we don't talk about them. We just stare at each other as we make faces. That's right. We just watched all of them and I we said nothing. And you and you watched that and you said I'm not going to watch this? Yeah, that looks bad. What? That to me looks like some garbage Marvel television. I I could not disagree more. It looks so good. It looks amazing. No, and you know what? It already aired, like, it already came out in its IMAX release, and no one's talking about it. That cannot be good for Marvels and humans. Right. Although, I mean, like, when it's going to be on TV, presumably, you know, for free, if you already have TV, why go and pay and be in an IMAX screen? That's fair. Um... Look, I mean, they sunk a lot into it. There's a lot of money in this. Well, they made some IMAX cameras appear out of somewhere, and they did it all in IMAX, and it looks pretty with the costumes and everything. Here's my deal. 
I think it's going to season two because I read that Iron Fist is getting a second fucking season. Yeah. So well, if Iron Fist is getting a se- second season, I think Marvel and Humans will get a second season. I agree that Marvels and Humans is going to get a second season. I mean, that is absolutely like going to happen. There's no way that it's not going to make it to season two, but I think it's going to be good. You think this show will be good? Yeah. Did you end up watching The Defenders? No. Did you end up watching Iron Fist? No. They're not doing so hot with their television properties lately. Yeah, but that's Netflix. This is ABC. ABC is a little bit different because if you don't do well in ratings, you're not going to get renewed. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you still are you the one watching Agents of Shield still? No, I'm are not, you I'm that not. are you the watcher of that show? Cuz I don't know anyone who is. I mean, is it still on the air? I thought they canceled it last season. No, still going. Wow. Don't know why. Don't know who's why. Who's watching? Season, well, people must be watching because it's getting to season three. This is why I think the Inhumans will get to or season four or five two. or whatever it is. It's because people give Marvel chances that sometimes they don't deserve. I think they sold me with the concept of the other world and they sold me when they mentioned kings and queens. And I just want to get in on that. And also, it kind of ties into Agents of Shield. One more reason why I don't think it'll be good, because I'm a big geek. I read that Kevin Feige, who is the all master of the the shared Marvel Cinematic Universe, he wasn't on board with this. That's a big flag. Wow. So, but I still think it'll make it to season two. Oh, it's making it to season two. I'm not going to watch it. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Wow. That dog alone is the cutest thing. Wait a second. Are you going to watch it for the show or for the dog? Both. Ivana got sold on the show because of a giant dog. It's so cute and fluffy and it has wrinkles. Let's move on because I can't believe you're this girl right now. You know how much I like dogs. I do know that you like this. You know how much I like dogs. <laughs> that dog did not sell me on an entire show. I mentioned that I like the kings and queens in the other land and how it ties into Marvel, uh, the, yeah, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. your face right now is speaking dog love. I know, I know. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Next show we're looking at is... Another show I'm not going to watch. SEAL Team. Yeah. I'm not going to watch SEAL Team. I'm not a huge guy when it comes to like special ops shows. Like the NCISs of the world and, you know, I never watch JAG. But it seems there's going to be a plethora of these kind of shows coming to television in the coming years because it's such a such a high-minded con- or it's a it's such, it's such a-, a top of mind thing in our, you know, post 9/11 universe that People are going over there, and there's terrorist groups, and and we're fighting terrorists. I so SEAL Team. It looks like it's a procedural. It does look procedural. It's a procedural that is anti-terrorism. Up until now, most of the anti-terrorism shows that we see are not procedural. They're narrative. Like they they take a single storyline and they and they progress it every episode. That's right. This one looks like each episode will be its own sort of mission. Right, and then you're going to have, like, basically the family that belongs to David Boreanaz. That's right. Uh, as the sort of narrative storyline throughout. Now, right there, first mention, it is going to season two. 
David Boreanaz. Oh, okay. is that how you say it? I think so. Okay. I thought it was Boreanaz. Oh, could be Boreanaz. I don't know. Who knows? We're, we're what I'm sorry, telling you, David. What I'm telling <laughs> you is that he was on Buffy, and that show won seven seasons. Mm-hmm. Then he moved to Angel. Five seasons. Five seasons. A spinoff. Five seasons. That's that's a good yeah, show. Yeah, for any spinoff, yeah. that's like you're doing really well. Then he decided, you know what? I'm going to try the procedural show myself and go to Bones. Ten or eleven seasons. I think eleven, come to think of it. Look, it's pretty clear that in the world of TV. Twelve. Twelve seasons. seasons. Twelve seasons. And I even had to give up on it at a certain point. I think I got to like halfway through 10 and I was like I just I can't I can't keep doing the show anymore. I just think if you take David Boreanaz and you stick him in a show that's all you need yeah so I say SEAL team is gonna make it to season two I I think it's gonna make it well beyond season two just the trailer alone I'm gonna watch it I'm um, not going to watch it I I watch procedurals sometimes usually Really, when I'm not going to pay attention to things. My procedural is Lethal Weapon, and I like it that way. <laughs> and um, so, but I, I'm going to watch it because, you know what? David Boreanaz charms the heck out of me. I really want to see him try to be a dad and try this, try to mend this relationship while also saving the world every episode. And it seems like, you know, he's got a problem with his hand. There's some sort of conflict going to be there with him and his job. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be well enough received. I just think David Boreanaz has that charm and like you said, and he'll be the one to propel it to season 2. Absolutely. And just FYI, he is not an actor that I have ever put on any sort of like you know like, like goo goo gaga glasses over? No, like I I don't he's like the way I am with Chris Evans. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like this is not the case. I just think that he is charming and a good actor, and he happens to choose shows that I want to watch. So we're both saying it's going to season two, and well, and you're saying well past, well past season two. Okay. All right. Going on to the Brave. Yes. So this is the third show. I'm personally really torn. I'm not going to watch it. Oh, like, I'm, I'm not watching any of these shows. This is from the creators of Homeland. Yep. And uh, but it's a procedural, I think, because it's it, NBC. It, it seems procedural. It's also not like a showtime. So what are you going to be able to show Homeland producers? Like, you can't show the nitty gritty. You can't like. Well, I guess you can get sort of in nitty gritty, but no swearing, no sex, really. At no, all. Nudity. no nudity. I don't remember if they had nudity, but yeah, like it. it also, it seems really action-packed for a procedural that's too expensive for a network show i mean clearly not but well this is just the pilot trailer we're seeing remember like they could put a whole bunch of money into a pilot the rest of the season be like "Eh, we don't know what to do we wasted all our money i don't think that nbc they're not it's not like their first time out making a television show you set a precedent okay stick to it but my question is do you think this is gonna go to season two i don't know Here's the thing. I don't think Canadians are going to watch this. But it feels like something America would get behind. But a lot of Canadians watched Homeland and a lot of But Homeland is like a mystery. Yeah, Homeland is a whole different It's not ball this. of wax. This doesn't look anything like Homeland. I do think that Americans will watch it, but can 
and here's the problem. I also don't like war stories. And this this pilot trailer, I mean, first of all, it gives away so much. It gives away the whole damn pilot. I feel like I watched the pilot. Yeah. And I have no reason to watch it to go in. You've got this crazy team. and Haish is in it. I'm not a big fan of her. So, I'm, I mean, that's got... I'm not watching it. Like, there's no chance. Uh, there's a guy, who, though, who I did love from Quantico who's in it. Um, but it, it's got all these people. Some are in the control room and some are on the field. And there is a lovely, young, talented surgeon who is, like, kidnapped by the terrorists. And she has to perform surgery on this horrible, evil on, terrorist on guy. evil terrorists. And they can blow up the building, but they're not willing to kill her. And then they do this crazy rescue mission and she gets saved. Like, you know everything. You know everything from this trailer. It looks similar to SEAL Team. But it doesn't grab me the way SEAL Team no, grabs No, SEAL Team me. grabs you a little differently than this. Look, what I think is going to happen is I think Americans are going to tune in for a couple of episodes. So I think it's going to get a full first season, but then I think it's going to get nothing after that. I think they're going to think they have a hit on their hand, but then Americans are going to duck out. Maybe it's because your prediction is that it's going to get canceled, like not, no season two canceled. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I think that it's the new procedural. Like We've got the doctor procedurals. We've got the cop procedurals. Now we're going to start to see the arm, like Army, Navy... Air Force procedurals. What you need to know about series survival as well is we're not looking at what night it airs. We're not looking about any of that stuff to see what it's up against. No. We're just going on a trailer. Soon in the future, usually in the spring, when the results come in as to what's renewed, what's canceled, we give you updates. Who was right? Who was wrong? Who's going to have to do something really weird on a YouTube channel at some point? Even though we haven't followed up on that, <laughs> we're well aware. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Jay lost the last time wow. we played this game. Wow. Okay, so you're saying it's going to get renewed. I'm saying it's not going to get renewed, but neither one of us are going to watch. No, there's no chance. No chance I'm watching this one. That is a stellar series survival. That is a good one in the books. We have it recorded. We'll come back to it later. So just a reminder, this is episode 25. On episode 28... We are debuting that new segment all about books, and we're asking you to listen or read The Disaster Artist by Greg Sestero and Tom Bissell. Also, next week, join us because we're going to be watching the first two episodes of The Orville, and you just, you're going to want to watch and play along. Yes. So, Seth MacFarlane's new show, uh, if you're from, you know, Canada, it's on at, uh, it's on City, just so you know. And that's our show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week. If you'd like to help us support the show, we'd appreciate it. All you have to do is hop onto iTunes or any podcast service you use and give us a quick rating, give us a review, tell us what you think, and uh, we'll grow our little community here. Bensound.com is where we get our intro song from, and we also encourage you to check out the show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. And Ivana and I love hearing from you, so, you know, don't be a stranger. You can reach out to us on our website, morethanmovies.net. You can check us out on Facebook slash morethanmoviespodcast. Email us at hello at morethanmovies.net. Catch us on Twitter. 
I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back next Monday with an all-new episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. <laughs> <laughs>